Jacob Forrest Jennings Severn. Max Boschert Zielsdorf. The name of our podcast is To Be Decided. Yes. <laughs> That's the name. That's the name of the podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast uh, called Strong Constitutions. That's the name of the podcast, and uh, we've changed the name a few times, but that's guys. I think we're going to stick with it. Yeah, this time. I have high hopes. <laughs> and strong constitutions. That's where we got the idea for the name. <laughs> my, my name's Max. My name is Jake. And uh, this is a little podcast <laughs> where we tell you all about uh, the, you know, recent events. <laughs> I-, I can't say that with a straight face because it takes me like a month and a half to edit and upload an episode. <laughs> That's okay. I'd like to think of us as timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a timeless podcast that talks about recent events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, ter- it's terrible design, but uh, hey. Sometimes. By the time you listen, the events will probably be happening again, because yeah. from what I can tell from cyclical. social media, pretty much the same kind of stuff happens all the time. <laughs> it it kind of converges into this dull haze, yeah. and we speak generally enough about it that you can probably... It's kind of like um, Nostradamus' predictions. <laughs> we'll be like, Jake, what did you think about how a king looked down on a river? <laughs> So general. (laughs) I hope your response is equally general. Otherwise, it might be inaccurate. (laughs) Well, or it's also like when a couple of famous people die and then someone is like, tragedy comes in threes. It's like, well, it's been like four or five weeks. Like, I don't know if you can count that that everything comes in threes if you wait long enough. (laughs) Like, you remember when... Dennis Hopper. Uh, sorry, this, 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 I'm going to bring up death, which is which is not funny. But <laughs> but you will chuckle throughout it because you have a well, dark soul. <laughs> Dennis Hopper died, and then that guy who was in a bunch of infomercials died. And oh, then uh, the guy who did cocaine. Yes. Shadada here. I don't. Re- <laughs> I don't remember his <laughs> name. His name was Shadada. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then um, Louise Bourgeois, the postmodern sculptor, died. And somebody <laughs> said, like, tragedy comes in threes. I was like, those are wildly different levels of fame and levels of recognition. Right, right, but, right. <laughs> yeah, you have to be, like, at the the level of knowing about that last person, who I don't even remember what you said, <laughs> to have heard of the other two. But if you've only heard of, like, the top level, the other two are not on your radar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about, like, a person who knows very little about pop culture and, like, has been waiting? Like, well, <laughs> fucking, uh, you know, uh, that actor died a year and a half ago, and I'm still waiting for number two and number three to die. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, well, what about this person? Well, I don't know who that is. So. Yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did Michael Jackson die? Like, I don't know, 2009? So I'm yeah. still waiting for the second death of this three-person <laughs> exactly. death. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, well, there was uh, Nelson Mandela. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that fits. Is that true? Right? <laughs> I don't know if that fits my really strict set of rules. <laughs> but, but it's real, guys. It's real. So yeah. our uh, podcast will also come in threes in that we've released many of them, but maybe you'll listen to three of them. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to listen to our other ones, you like that segue? <laughs> go to uh, let's see, is it? It's it's I think it's just rockumsockumsrazor.blogspot.com, the longest URL in the world. <laughs> yeah, or you can uh, go to your uh, podcast provider, uh, mm-hmm. your Stitcher, your yeah. iTunes. Yeah, exactly, and you can you can you can see it out there. Mm-hmm. Rock'em Sock'em's Razor. I don't know. Is there, is, is there a specific three episodes we should recommend? I recommend <laughs> two, five, and six. I, I, I don't know what that means. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those, those are important. Thematically, that's, they're kind of the I just call it the trilogy, really. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, there was a shared universe among them. Yeah, exactly. This one is not. It's you know, it might even be the start of a, a second trilogy, right. but it's not part of. As of now, it's, it's, it's apocryphal. Universe. He's absolutely apocryphal. Uh, George Lucas insists it never happened. <laughs> so, uh, oh, is that the meaning of that word? I didn't even know. <laughs> so it yeah. sounded appropriate. <laughs> um, what, uh, Jake, what the heck you been up to lately? Oh, you, uh, you mentioned having a, a crazy fun uh, Memorial Day weekend. I did have a crazy fun Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it was my wife's birthday or happy birthday uh uh it was her birthday a, a few days after memorial day weekend but we um we partied i i went and saw uh uh chastity belt which is a band from seattle who are uh, are getting a ton of recognition right now and i didn't uh, I don't know any of them personally, but I know a lot of people from the Seattle music scene who are friends with them, and I know their publicist huh. and some other people. So, so they were in New York. I went to see them. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and did you see? Was the publicist there? Could you say, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, yeah, I saw him. He had flown out with them, and and uh, and it was a. Uh, uh, I was like, um, uh very nostalgic and great. That's and, awesome. Uh, I really, um, ah, man, I envy a person who is a music publicist for, uh, for very legitimate, uh, fun music groups. Like that seems, nice. it's, it seems like publicist might be a bad job if you're promoting bad things, but <laughs> I don't know. My friend works for uh, uh, Hardly Art, which is a which is a a small part of uh, Sub Pop Records. Um, which is uh, oh wow. Uh, so it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a yeah, highly recommended. But um, hmm, awesome. But yeah, I did that. Uh, I um I I ate a lot of meat at a barbecue. Excellent. Um, and. Just, I ate a lot of meat at a barbecue just yesterday, and I, I it was more meat than I have eaten at a in a in a sitting for many years. I would say, but I still felt like I had done it wrong because I had not eaten enough meat. <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, it's sort of the really what it is. It's the meat equivalent of how as you get older you naturally consume less alcohol at a party. Uh huh. 
It was it was like a barbecue with friends, and there was more burgers, and there were more sausages, and there was totally more meat available. But like, it just felt like grody socially to eat more meat, but physically I was capable of eating more, <laughs> so oh, why didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll always look back on that day and, and think, like, I could have gotten more meat for basically free. And, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and sure, I'm craving meat right now, but I have to go to the store for it. Yeah, and, it wouldn't be uh, as sanctioned, you know, yeah. as it is at a barbecue. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I think that all of those uh, social hang-ups that we uh, have about um, meat consumption, and I mean... um. Uh, I we us 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 men have to deal with a lot of social hang-ups in general. I think it's uh, oh, it's I true. Think a lot of I think pressure. it's really hard a lot, for us. A lot of pressure around people seeing us eat. Like oh, like mm-hmm. look, look at him. He's he's having a he's having a second burger. But all those social hang-ups they mm-hmm. they they dissolve once mm-hmm. you walk into that backyard. Once you walk into that backyard and Craig is there and Jimmy is there and they've both got mojitos and Jimmy mm-hmm. has a third mojito. Um, and he's ready to hand it to you. And the second yeah. that mojito gets passed, uh, you are in barbecue mode and you are eating as right, much right. meat as you possibly can. Okay, okay, that's good to know. See, I wonder if maybe Jimmy and Craig weren't at my party or <laughs> at my barbecue. You know, because there wasn't a moment where people went, hey, <laughs> as I walked in. Did you, by chance, watch the... Uh, uh, crack.com video where they're talking about uh, shows and films that are unreliably shown to us. So, like, the char- we're seeing it through the filter of the character, and in fact, the reality of that show may be much, much worse or like sadder <laughs> than we thought. No, I didn't. What are some examples? The greatest example that I that made me think of this was uh, Cheers, and how probably that bar is a shitty, depressing dive <laughs> with really low light and very few people, but it's shown through Norman Cliff's drunken ass perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so of course everyone knows your name. Like that's an alcoholic's dreamland. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Like (laughs) the bar where there's the same people every afternoon is not, not a good place. It's so crazy. It's such a weird, like, I think at the time that it was new, people were just like, well, on the back of our heads, we all know there's just an excuse to make a show happen like this is just the premise for the show you don't question it because then there'd be no show like we're trying to have a good time here right you know (laughs) but like (laughs) stop ruining our fucking fun questioning these things but like now it's so much more common for maybe because there's more shows and so we're not at risk of losing good ones like there's (laughs) there still will be more good ones yeah and so we're sort of like well wait why would they do that and yeah that is a premise that does not stand up under basic scrutiny (laughs) (laughs) which now it's like it reinvents it for reviewing and what of and what of wings what of the airport (laughs) while everyone knows your name (laughs) and so was there a great deal of drinking in that weird like what was it like an east coast or no it was like in the middle of like nebraska or something wasn't it i don't remember i don't know it was uh, I don't know. Once I once I flew 
into Los Angeles, the only time I've been to Los Angeles, and I touched down in, uh, I think it was Burbank. It's the one that's called Bob Hope. It's the Bob Hope Airport. And Wow. Uh, I've never even heard of that. It looked like the airport from Wings. But then another time, <laughs> I got stuck in all of this uh, snow during a, during a travel time going back to the East Coast from Seattle, and I got grounded in Detroit, and then we had to fly – we had to catch a random little plane to this place called White Plains in upstate New York, and that also looked like the airport from Wings. So interesting. I think it's just all mid-level airports or like yeah. smallish airports kind of look like the airport from Wings. But I don't know gotcha. if there's a lot of drinking. It's just uh it's just another example of something that was probably crazy depressing and was represented as fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Well, they all had quippy things to say to one another and everyone was always coming in with some new, you know, scheme or idea or issue. And so it didn't, you know, really, it's it's that whole thing where like <clears throat> once a week, someone comes up with some crazy thing that everyone has to react to. But the other six days, everyone's just doing day in and day out <laughs> yeah. the same dull, <laughs> like, <laughs> heartbreaking job. You know what show? So I, I, you know what show I bet was a blast, even when the cameras weren't rolling. The John Larroquette show. Because <laughs> <laughs> John Larroquette was just always there hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was a show that I, as I recall, started out darker. Like he tried to make it a darker show about like a recovering alcoholic and like yeah. the dangers of like crime in the middle of the night at this bus station or whatever. But the the network was like, no, make it happy, <laughs> fun. <laughs> I need so, to rewatch some of that. It would probably be really bad, right? Like the John Larroquette show probably wasn't very good. I mean, I don't know. I think it was good as those that era of shows go. Yeah. I think it's kind of hard for any of that stuff to stand up. It's like you have to go even further back to where, like, it's – because it's at that awkward period where it's modern seeming enough that it has no right to be simplistic. Right. You know? And you feel like it shouldn't have a laugh track. Like, that's yeah, my argument yeah. with a lot of those shows. It's like, okay, you watch Mary Tyler Moore, and you're like, okay, this has a laugh track. It's Mary Tyler Moore. It's going to have a laugh mm-hmm. track. But then you watch yeah. something from the 90s, and you're like, even like, yeah, mid to late 90s. I, well, no, John Larroquette was before that. But still, you're like, yeah, yeah this probably shouldn't have a laugh track. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. It seems like creepily left over. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to, so that people don't write in, because we get so many goddamn emails. Um, it was, Wings was set in Nantucket, Massachusetts. Oh, that's, is, Nantucket is in Massachusetts? <laughs> Uh, or was I know that, or, that was that a was that a northern exposure situation where they made up a town by shoving two <laughs> places that aren't located next to each other? I like, I think Nantucket is in Massachusetts. I think uh, it's a okay. real thing. What was the Although, what was the what was the northern exposure town? Uh, Sicily, Alaska. Sicily, Alaska. That wasn't a real town, right? That's correct. That's not a real town. Okay. And then uh, because of Northern Exposure's popularity, they created Picket Fences, which was set in Rome, Wisconsin. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> guys. <laughs> don't go with like yeah. another Italian. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's very weird. Like Vatican City, Utah. Like, no, <laughs> you can't just. <laughs> that is a place, though. 
<laughs> oh, I, did, I did not realize that. Smallest, smallest city. Um, so Nantucket is in Massachusetts, south of okay. Cape Cod, and their flag appears to be a oh. whale with the international cross-out symbol through it, as if to say <laughs> no whales. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is much darker than I imagined. I thought you were going to say their flag was all the guys from Wings. <laughs> That'd be pretty dark. <laughs> be pretty desolate. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that the residents of Nantucket, Massachusetts, were watching Wings with rapt attention. Yeah, yeah, they thought it was local news. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the ghosts of the actors from Wings still wonder <laughs> Nantucket County. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe just the characters, because Tony Shalhoub seems to have made a name for himself elsewhere. Right. I just, like, one guy from Wings made it out. Is that the one? Yeah, Tony Shalhoub and, uh, oh, Th- Thomas Hayden Church went on to be Sandman in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> oh, Thomas Hayden Church was the guy in Wings. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was that's the, crazy. you know, he the was, dumb one. He was in, um, he was in that wine drinking movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which was totally better than I thought it was going to be after everyone went crazy about how good it was. I was like, this movie's going to be so annoying. Then I saw it, and I was like, it was a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I think at the at the time that I saw it, at the time of my life, I was a snarky little asshole, and I was like, they're just talking in this movie. This is dumb. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I look back on that movie fondly. I actually... For some reason, saw it a couple of times. It was during a point in my life where I was working at a movie theater. And so I, I saw it a couple of times because I could see it for free. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Nice, yeah. Um, I recently went to that movie theater. Oh, yeah. Uh, what'd you see? So I have been uh, not going to the theater in a long time. I used to be really pretty good about making sure to see every movie I want to see in the theater. And so I've just been really busy and I haven't been able to. And so my crazy Friday night was I went to uh, the Crest Theater and I paid the ticket price to see one movie and I saw two movies. Oh, at the Crest yeah! <laughs> but, it, but the ticket price to see one movie there is the ticket price to see two movies there is less than the ticket price to see one movie anywhere else <laughs> this is true so, but by only paying the four dollars it was as if each movie was two dollars which was the same cost it was in high school oh i wasn't aware it was maybe i was aware it was four dollars at this point i did go to see a movie there like last around Christmas time. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, the Crest is a second-run movie theater that uh, charges low, low prices. But, yeah, when we grew mm-hmm. up, it was two. Now it's four. The, yep. So like, even though you were visiting in Christmas, the movie you saw was like uh, Captain America 2. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Like a exactly. summer blockbuster. <laughs> I think that actually was playing when I was there over, <laughs> over Christmas awesome. time. <laughs> well, and this, so I finally saw Kingsman, uh, the Secret Service, which was that spy movie. Yes. 
and uh, definitely felt like, hey, guys, let's talk about how good Kingsman was. And was like, we're not thinking about that movie anymore. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then, um, like, hey, guys, I finally saw The Rocketeer. Like, what are you? <laughs> no one. <laughs> well, now that's retro. Rocket- oh, okay. Rocketeer is hip now. <laughs> Too far back. Um, you want, guys want to talk about Deja Vu? <laughs> oh, that's Wait, the this the Denzel movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where, where uh, Adam Goldberg sends him back in time to save a woman or some shit. Oh. Uh, so I saw Kingsman as my my theft of a movie, but the movie that I paid for to go in to see was What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, what is it? Uh, that is the mockumentary from Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Yes, it's a... Uh, it's a... Is it, does it have to do with vampires? Yes, they yes. are vampires. Yes, that's right. I heard it was very good. Was it very good? It was very good. It was a lot of fun, and it made me really wistful for watching all the Flight of the Concords. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done that yet, of course, but... I was just like, oh man, right now I want to see all of that show again. I've I've never seen that show. Oh my goodness gracious. It is it is it's it's lovely. Like it's such a like now you know, you watch it through and then if you see it again, it's such a like cozy time. Um it's sort of it's sort of in the like, you know, first nine seasons of The Simpsons kind of like a uh, zone of like uh, cozy, uh, like what a delightful series kind of thing. Oh, very cool. I will, yeah, I will have to get on that. It's, it gives me the feeling that everyone else seemed to get from, um, uh, Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. Like I loved me some Parks and Rec. I had a great time with it, but it seemed like sort of like a, a manufactured coziness. Right. There were a little bit too many scenes of, two people uh eating kind of like uh uh sensible lunches and telling each other how much they valued their friendship that is absolutely the case (laughs) (laughs) they're both eating salads that are like in the plastic container that they got from like a a qfc yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and they're and they're saying that they value each other's friendship Absolutely. But then, but it's uh, great. luckily, Adam Scott is there to stare at the camera worriedly as the camera zooms in. <laughs> yeah, <face>. exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that should be pretty sweet. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was, I mean, Adam Scott, like, completely... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Chris Pratt. I love me some Nick Offerman. I love me some uh, Amy Poehler. Like, it made me an Amy Poehler fan to like, before I found her kind of off-putting. Mm-hmm. But, like, now I totally, like, you know, put her on a pedestal. Um, and obviously Aubrey Plaza forever. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza is the... Uh, is who... The first half of um, oh god damn it, who's uh, uh, Ghost World Avengers, um, sexy Scottish alien? Oh uh, um, uh, yeah 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 um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that one? Yeah, thank you. I love that. That was the one that you're like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that weird movie that I <laughs> right. really liked, but 
horrified and confused me. <laughs> yes. So Scarlett Johansson, the first half of her career was like, I feel like Aubrey Plaza is like uh, the <laughs> postmodern version of that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Um, and I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's no, it is great. It is great. She is great. Rebecca was so convinced that we ran into her at the dog park. I was like, that was not her. And uh, still didn't, and never found out. But I don't think she lives here. So, well, man, if you ran into someone who was like her enough, yeah, uh, you should probably get her number and give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I ran into you at the dog park, and then she'll be like, I don't remember interacting with you. I'll be like, I was a married couple? Ooh. <laughs> this isn't working at all. <laughs> um, so a big kind of crazy thing happened to me that uh, might be worthwhile to talk about on the podcast mm -hmm. is I moved. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't think we talked about it. On the podcast. So I'm just editing last episode that we did before I moved. And before we started, actually started the episode, we talked about my sort of dilemma of whether I was going to pull the trigger and fucking move to Des Moines or uh, pull the other trigger and put up with slowly increasing rents in a tiny ass hole on Capitol Hill. Mm hmm. And, or some other option. Uh, pull the much bigger, scarier trigger and move to LA and get a career in being poor. Um, but uh, so I did the sensible thing and moved to Des Moines and I pay the same rent I did before, but I have a bedroom and I have a deck, a big deck. And uh, there's like a stream and there's like trees around me. And like at night on hot nights, there's frogs in the forest. Um, so it's a really lovely place. Um, and I'm happy I made the move. Uh, except that it is in the middle of goddamn nowhere. <laughs> yes. So as gentrification becomes more and more of a thing and is a thing seemingly everywhere, everyone is getting pushed out to the Des Moines of the world mm -hmm. and or everyone that I talk to at least. And right. so we are all going to be discovering these, these, uh, these, strange little things soon and mm. i don't know that's, that's that that seems that seems exciting in some way even mm -hmm. though the gentrification is 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 really depressing i uh i was looking at um uh places for rent in seattle a little while ago for unknown reasons um mm. uh and uh uh, you know, just poke, just poking around, um, and uh, it was so depressing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, as a person who lives in what's supposedly the uh, most expensive city, I was appalled at what people are charging <laughs> to live in Renton or Ooh, like know. or Shoreline. Like I yeah. couldn't find somewhere affordable in Shoreline. Um, so crazy. Or I, I know when you could, were talking, but... go ahead. 
Oh, I I also have I also have like you know I have I have I have the tastes of an asshole too. So I like knew it has to have wood floors and that kind of thing. So so obviously mm, right. obviously the things I'm looking at are going to be more expensive. I'm sure if you I'm sure if you are not uh not a dick about things you can uh you can find something kind of affordable. But I was like no, nah, it's got it's got to you know actually maybe wood floors was probably my only. Uh, <laughs> prerequisite. Prerequisite. Maybe a few others, and uh, but uh, and um, Seattle having a lot of newer buildings doesn't always have that. But uh, but still, I yeah, I found there to be almost nothing that could even be considered affordable. <clears throat> yeah. So. By by the way, now the phrase "taste of an asshole" is echoing through my <laughs> mind. <laughs> I couldn't pay attention to anything you said after that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I get your meaning. Uh, <laughs> and, and it is completely crazy. I mean, we talked, we've talked about it before, and I was bitching about it on Facebook because <laughs> that's a useful spend, you know, way of, for anyone to spend any time. Yes. Uh, about how, like, uh, how I guess I just always assumed that, like, once I got a, a decent job and had some level of education, I would just be able to finally move to Capitol Hill and live the way a the way as a as a teenager I dreamed I would eventually live as like a 23-year-old uh which is just like in a one or two bedroom apartment with hardwood floors and a clawfoot bathtub and like a tile like a black and white tile bathroom mm-hmm. um you got that uh you got those cast iron skillets hanging on the wall got, uh, <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah and uh obviously like a really um amazing uh mountain climber girlfriend also lives there with me and there is not any conflict in our relationship definitely and, and the sweet vinyl collection but you know you're not too into the vinyl you're not a dick about it yeah, even though one entire wall of the apartment is shelving a vinyl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The girlfriend scratches a record. No problem, babe. Let's go get some sushi. <laughs> I'm throwing up in my mouth right now. <laughs> and, and I'm finding that that's just absolutely not an option. Like, besides the fact that that is, uh, uh, you know, high fidelity, um, <laughs> I... I can't I, I? I was priced out of this ti- of this tiny version of that of that apartment. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm living on the hill. But I walked outside and there was uh, uh, needles that I walked on and got addicted to heroin in my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know there was construction everywhere, and there were these giant ass apartments wrapping around tiny little like hole in the wall bars or whatever. They were not hole in the wall anymore. It was like this lone island of bar in the middle of this giant sea of eight-story condos. Yeah, it's like it's like that 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 lady who famously didn't move out of Ballard, and they built the condos around her tiny little house. Yeah, right. It's like, but that's every bar in Capitol Hill. Like that lady's <laughs> <so> nothing special. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's just what what happens now. Yeah, exactly. Which is pretty crazy to think that. Well, I was gonna say it's crazy to think that they offered the bar all this money, and the bar was like, "Nope, we make that much on a Saturday night." Yeah, but I don't probably... actually know which bar you're referring to. Do you not want to give them uh, give them advertising space? You'd no, much rather... <laughs> it was a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yep, yep. That's how I know about the sweet fruit combo. <laughs> 
Um, sweet fruit combo is my name for Capitol Hill. Anyway, the um, <laughs> it was the it's the Linda's bar. bar oh. But, um, but I when I think about it, probably it wasn't. The, probably the developers were like, "Oh no, no, we don't want to buy you out. You're what makes this place appealing to see, these yeah. urban, you know, new newly Washingtonians." Yeah. Um, we're gonna leave. We want you to stay there and and keep the culture up. But it's like weird looking, and anybody who moves there can't possibly go. Like I don't know, maybe if it's the first time you see Seattle, you do go. What a kooky neighborhood! Yeah, no, that seems insane to me. It it really struck me. I don't know why, because it was never really a place I visited. It was a place I liked a lot, but not really a place I ever went. But that that pizza place, Picoras, mm-hmm. uh, when Picoras got bought out. Um, yeah. For like a million dollars or something. Right. Um, uh, I, it just really struck me as a death of Capitol Hill. And I was like, if people aren't going to Capitol Hill to eat at Pecoras, why are they going there? Like, right. Is, and is, there's a million places like that. It's just like yeah. how I'd Harvard the culture exit, of this place. Yeah. Wait, what? Harvard exit closed. It's gone? <laughs> Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's it's going to I don't know. I think it's going to be turned, you know, the building is going to remain, but it's going to be turned into to condos. That's insane. Yeah, that building yeah. has to be historically protected. That's insane. Also, welcome yeah. to our podcast, very specific things about Seattle's geography. <laughs> but Sponsored like- by 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're trying to seem local, which I respect. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some Seattle brand papayas in your fruit mix? That's not the Seattle fruit cup. It's just pine needles. <laughs> Be honest. Yeah, it's sure. Pine it hurts needles your and mouth. cigarette butts. Maybe a little bit of kale juice. Just a little touch of kale juice, made with like passive aggression. Just like stirred in. It is really odd how much the people here. When they leave their house, they don't want to be bothered. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, I heard a story about it recently about someone who was is from Boston, stepping out of his apartment and looking across. Just by chance, another person came out of their apartment, and they were like, "Oh, oh, hello!" And he was like, "Oh man, I was just admiring your bike. It's a really cool city bike." And the other person was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> "It's like moved on," and the guy was like. Why wouldn't you want to talk to me about bikes? We both clearly love them. (laughs) I'm just like, ah, yeah, everyone just wants to get, they want to do their thing and go from point A to point B. But like the, the assumption is that that means they have this really fulfilling life. But I don't think that's true. I think they're just okay with being alone all the time. (laughs) Okay with being sad all the time. It is. I. I mean, you hear that about a lot of places about the uh, passive aggression, but uh, I don't know. You would assume that a place like Seattle, with the climate, the 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 weather climate of Seattle, and the darkness of Seattle, would not have that. Because I feel like places that get that are rainy and uh, get dark in the winter are places where a lot of togetherness has to happen right. or else people or else people kill themselves. But I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess in Seattle they just skip that whole thing and they just kill themselves. <laughs> right. Right, cuz it's not 
it's subtly bad. It sort of like gets under your skin and you don't notice it. Right, because it never gets so cold in Seattle. Right. It's it's like, yeah. it's fairly nice. Uh, and the thing that really gets to me and gets to a lot of people, I think, there is the dark. Uh, mm -hmm. There's definitely a point where anyone who works nine to five, there's a point in the year where you will not see daylight. Like right. if, if you, during your uh, work week, you will mm -hmm. get up, go to work, it'll be dark and you'll get out of work and it will be dark. Right. And you watch the day happen out your window yeah. at your office and you're like, that's fucking crazy. Like only a sick day or an unemployed person will be able to enjoy the brief sunlight. Yeah, exactly. It seems like it, like deeply wrong. Like you have this like um, existential uh, argument in your mind about the concept of the work week, <laughs> like the yeah. idea of having of labor. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like I, I used to, you know, I grew up in the area and for a long time I was just like, it doesn't affect me. Like I just am not like, yeah, I mean, I'm a little more mellow during the winter months, but then I get really excited in spring and summer. And the past few years, I'm definitely like, nope, I am sad by the end of of winter. Like, it does finally, that last, like, three weeks, yeah. I'm like, this, this, this beats the shit out of me. I'm in a bad mood for pretty much no reason. Yeah, exactly. Well, once I, and I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a person who celebrates Christmas religious, uh, in a religious way at all, but I, I, I've always enjoyed the togetherness of the holidays. And then once Christmas is over, um, it's just like, ugh. Uh, it's January. Like, <laughs> well, I guess once New Year's is over. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and you're absolutely right that, like, that togetherness would really go a long way to help people if if we all, um, I don't know, hold up in the same home. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's what makes uh places like New York and Chicago and uh I'm guessing places like Toronto and Montreal and other other cold cities mm -hmm. uh that seems to be what gets people by there. Also because there's there's a certain thing about the climate of Seattle where no matter what someone's complaining about, you can always be like, Oh, you just you just grew up here and you have such a low tolerance for cold. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, it's twenty five degrees at night, but you know, that's 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 okay. Right. That's nothing. Where um, I grew up it gets down to negative seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah, whereas in like Chicago people can be like, Oh, it's so cold and everybody's like, Yeah, I know. It's really cool. Right. Like it nobody's is, nobody's right. disagreeing, and uh, and then everybody just goes and like drinks together. They all get together somewhere and drink. It seems like it has a it has a good like communal drinking culture in those yeah. uh, cold cities. Yeah, uh, which was featured in Northern Exposure. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I've always would like find these bars that I was like, this feels like the brick from Northern Exposure. <laughs> People are like, what the oh. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh wait, also featured in Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, also featured place. in the John Larroquette show. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I don't know. It was Cleveland. John Larroquette show. I feel like it was set in, in Cleveland. One of the characters in the John Larroquette show was a prostitute, and that's awesome. Oh, that is cool. Charlie's coming around and talking about having had sex, but they had to, like, do it in ways, I guess, that the network would allow it. Uh-huh. She was like, I'm a master of my domain. <laughs> Wait, that's that show. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I remember. So I, when I was living on Capitol Hill and I, um, was spending a Saturday at Linda's, uh, uh, writing my screenplay, drinking. <laughs> um, what uh, what 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 hour is this? What hour are you uh, are you at at Linda's on a Saturday writing your screenplay, drinking? Um, so this was probably two p.m., three p.m., something like that. That's a good. That's a good hour for that 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 kind of activity. Yeah, yeah, and you know it was like I had done an errand and then found my way there, and then I had errands after. Like I was gonna go, you know, like going to the bookstore after getting like four or five drinks in you is so much fun. Oh yeah, that's the best. <laughs> I just have to use the bathroom a lot, but um, to do lines of cocaine off the sink. But <laughs> um, and in comes in and sits down next to me. A guy, and he is real chatty with the bartender, but the bartender is a Seattle bartender, so he's super cold. <laughs> and eventually, the guy said something, and I turned to him, and I said something, and we started talking, and we became friends immediately. And he was visiting from the, I want to say, uh, Washington, D.C., I think. And <clears throat> he was super outgoing. And it occurred to me that up until the moment that I decided to talk to him, his level of outgoingness embarrassed me. And it was the same cringeworthy feeling that you get, that I get, from when a comedian brings someone up onto stage during their show and interviews them. And they're expecting, you know, the point of the bit is the comedian is funny and the person they brought up out of the, out of the audience is like bewildered and trying to keep up. Mm. But you often get somebody who tries to be funny as well. Yeah. And everyone in the audience goes, don't do, you're not, we're not here to see you. Yeah. It's a bummer. <laughs> It's a huge bummer. And like it tightens, like my gut tightens. It's like yeah. you're really embarrassed for everyone involved. Yes. And because we all paid, you know, we chose to see Aziz Ansari. And uh, as Dan Harmon puts it, we'd all love to get up on stage, but we ch we have a, a, an agreement to not. Right. And this person broke the agreement. Well, we'd all love to get laughs at the bar, but this person is actually trying to do it. And we all go, come on, dude. Right. But like, so it's almost like when you live in Seattle, like it's as if the Seattle freeze is the result of everyone in Seattle sort of hoping that they're going to be famous. And <laughs> here's someone who's not keeping it inside and doing <laughs> it in a slow, classy way. Here's someone who just didn't get the memo and is oafish about it or something. Right, right. And that, like, I was like, that's fucking weird that we all have that idea. I mean, I don't think we really do, but, like, maybe we all kind of do think that, like, our Facebook feeds are going to get optioned, you know? <laughs> and um, I, it's, it's sort of like a preciousness of, like, we're young as a city and but we're all kind of telling ourselves that light link rails getting installed we're pretty much manhattan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when somebody just comes blows in from out of town or somebody blows in from wherever and it's just like i have an observation you know how <laughs> oh, come geez. women can't just wear bras for tops <laughs> <You know? laughs> again from seinfeld the point is <laughs> So I don't know. I I I uh I uh 
I'm ashamed of anyone who I'm ashamed of the city because there apparently that's really objectively observed. There's a Seattle freeze. Right. And I refuse to buy into it because I'm not a dickhead. <laughs> I, my friends are cool. Yeah, we, exactly. I always refuse to believe in it because I was like, no, I not only do I not only am I going to people, but uh, all of my friends are. Like, all of my friends are very welcoming. Yeah. 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 And I've had that compliment, too. Like, um, I remember a long time ago, I was dating a girl, and uh, her friend hung out with her and me and my circle of friends. And then later, the girl I was dating said that her friend had said to her, boy, Max and his friends are really welcoming. And it was like, brought a tear to my eye. It was like, that's awesome. We're doing it right. Yeah. Um, and... And so that there are these people that that apparently it's the the overwhelming majority of people, or maybe it's it's the kinds of people that you'd go to a place where you'd expect outgoingness like a bar, and that age group or that you know w w financial income level I don't know what it is are all busy going, you know come on man be a little cooler be a little more calm about it we'll be friends once you've earned it. You yeah. Know? yeah, it's like senioritis or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's very odd. Yeah, yeah. It is very odd. I have never noticed an objective uh, uh, Seattle freeze. I've never noticed, uh, a, 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 I've, I've never noticed anything uh, from people in Seattle in general. But apparently it happens. I guess it happens. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for a while when everyone was talking about it, I was just like, oh, you're jumping on the bandwagon because you heard other people talking about it. And you're just – like The Stranger ran a great article being like, "Here's here are some great like almost Bud, BuzzFeed style. Like here are some tricks to beating the Seattle freeze. Be an adult and speak to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't assume that others are going to welcome you in out of nowhere, you know. And it really put the onus on the on the visitors. Interesting. Um, which, you know, anyone who believes... a strangerest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah. And if you believe in the Seattle Freeze, all it does is strengthen your belief in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was still kind of like, yeah, like, where is that coming from? Like, it's it's on you if you can't have friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now I've kind of lightened up and I'm just like, I don't know. I think it must exist if that many people are observing it. And I guess so. Um, I don't know what's the what's the Des Moines freeze like though. <laughs> is, there, is there is there a Des Moines freeze or? Uh yeah yeah it's got to be something else it's got to be like the uh the Des Moines chill or something. The Des Moines, the Des Moines uh, lukewarm or like tepid. I don't know. Yeah the Des Moines tepid. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a tepid. I've really noticed it. <laughs> or, uh. <laughs> um, Actually, right behind my apartment is a body of water called the Des Moines Tepid. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a shallow bog. <laughs> I call it Lake Tepid, and I'm writing a horror film about it. <laughs> it's a sequel to Lake Placid. It's not exactly. as good. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, friend of the show Morgan was like, 
moving to Des Moines, the people there will be a lot more interesting because they're working class. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Working class people aren't interesting. They come home and just watch TV because they're exhausted. <laughs> like, yeah. Stop trying to make anyone with any amount of money uh, a, a villain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, the fetishization of uh, poor people is really uh, a giant bummer. And something that something that I thankfully I think I'm old enough uh, that I don't hang around people who do that as much. And also, I think it's not as much of a th- Thing now that Brooklyn has been being gentrified for so long, uh, but there was definitely a vibe that I would get. I have gotten from a lot of people in Brooklyn when I was in my early twenties, and then also people who moved to Oakland as well, saying, "I love how ghetto this neighborhood is." Like a lot of the like, like people would say that all the time. Say that exact thing all the time, wow, and then weird. also, I love how real this place is. It's like really, because <laughs> the people who live here don't like. They don't love it being ghetto. They want to. They want to move. Like they would like to leave. <laughs> they can't afford to live anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And and I and I mean, uh, uh, I got that when I first moved to my neighborhood from from people in the neighborhood, uh, which I, um, I may have talked about this before. I had really is as a, as a gentrifier had um, a very very and have have had a very good experience and a very uh, uh, welcoming experience in the neighborhood. And I think it has to do with having a dog a lot. Actually, just walking my dog around the neighborhood, but Heck yeah, uh, but yeah, I got a lot of people are like, "Oh, you just moved in? You know, people are trying to move out of here. Like, this isn't <laughs> a good place." <laughs> You're like, it was the best rent I could find. Yeah, right? ex- yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah. Which like that, the neighborhood can. That's the thing is we always hear about gentrification because of that. Like, well, like. Um, the reviews of the Daredevil series being like, eh, the Hell's Kitchen is not the Hell's Kitchen of today. Um, yeah. Because the people who moved to Hell's Kitchen were like, I was reading this Daredevil comic and it seemed like quite the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so they moved there and everyone did that because Daredevil was flying off the shelves. <laughs> and so uh, soon it was a whole bunch of different kinds of people with way more money. Yeah. Um, and that's obnoxious and artificial and like what you're saying we're all searching for the the hole in the wall the magic spot that only we know about or whatever yeah yeah exactly Um, and then yeah and then but once it's i don't know it's like now that now that the now that everybody knows everything because of the internet there's nothing like that there's the chance for something like that is like zero now it's very it's small like, yeah like i can never uh you know at um uh the place that i lived in seattle we would host uh host travelers a lot we would host people coming through who were playing and traveling who were playing and touring bands and uh they would uh, occasionally oftentimes be from uh well like a baltimore or an austin or something some somewhere where i've uh uh, 
you know, I've heard there's really cool stuff going on there, but it, it's like a, it's a really cool second city or whatever. And then occasionally you get bands from like Areno or something where they're oh, like, oh, the scene there is really small, but it's really cool. Uh, like huh. there's like three or four bands there who are like my favorite bands. And we all play together and it's and it's super cheap to live and it's great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, huh. Uh, or like a Spokane or something. Uh, mm -hmm. But now I think we were, I think that was around like, you know, late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. And that was the very end of that happening, I feel like. I feel like, huh. like MySpace was still the social media thing. Sure. Uh, and like it was just uh, like a few years after that, all of a sudden, everybody already knew about everything. So, hmm. like, someone would show up from Reno and be like, yeah, I live in Reno. It's 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 kind of run down, but it's kind of a neat place. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah, I know all about Reno. I, I, I read I read about it in Pitchfork. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. I've never yeah. been there. I'm never going to go there, but I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. What is it like? <clears throat> like... Uh, noon, someone doesn't know that this thing exists. 12.01, someone reads an article about it. 12.02, person is angry at their friends that they don't have an opinion about this thing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so people staying at your place totally reminds me of this ad I saw before both of the movies that I uh, saw at the Crest on Friday for Airbnb. Oh, yeah. And... It was trying so hard to make Airbnb seem like a really classy experience. Yeah. <laughs> but the more it did, the more it seemed like you <laughs> are going to be murdered by the person who <laughs> your what, is, what were their examples? It was this woman. The whole thing is this, is this woman writing a letter to the person whose house they stayed in, which is already kind of too far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like they had to, at the very beginning, say Airbnb. Because otherwise you thought you were watching a trailer for a horror film. Because <laughs> 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 it's like... It's like... Um, like, person who let me stay in your house. Like, I loved it. it your house was perfect. I loved seeing your neighborhood. Uh, it had all the, like, wonderful... It was exactly what we're saying. It had all these little holes in the wall that I never would have known about. And then I met your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and they felt like my friends. <laughs> and they made me feel at home. <laughs> And I just wanted it to be like, and then I put on your skin, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and like, granted, the images were like, this is every, um, young person's dream trip. Like all these things are showing every city that they cut to, like one time it's in Japan, one time it's in Rio de Janeiro, you know, one time it's in, you know, New Orleans or whatever. And it's like, yes, I would love that experience. Like trips are never as easy and sweet and fun and magical as, as you know, uh, this shows and every movie shows. But um, so that's doing a good job. But the like format of like, <laughs> like I was in your city. <laughs> like it's just so upsetting. <laughs> that is. It's like, I'm still in the basement. <laughs> like, I'm never leaving. It was like the talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, 
That's amazing. I, uh, I mean, like I, th- it just, I think Airbnb, Airbnb, or is that the only one? Isn't there like a couch? Well, there's couchsurfing.com. Yeah. And couchsurfing is not, couchsurfing is not monetized, right? There's not like a charge. I think it's like you oh, sign up cra- for it and you have to be cool to put people up if you want to be put up. Like it's that kind of community I see. thing. And oh, they, I see. Okay. And they make money off it by selling advertising on the website or something. I don't know. That's what I thought it was. It might be something different. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, and there's like, Airbnb. There's VRBO, which is Vacation Rental by Owner, which is like another site. Um, oh, gotcha. That my mom uses because it's kind of like the AOL of Airbnb. It's like the one that old people use because oh, okay. it's like a little bit simpler interface and it was around longer or something. But oh, it's okay. Like, nice. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously an amazing service, but they have quite the uphill battle because it, it, it crosses a basic line of safety in our minds you know well my friend was telling me he recently went to a conference in toronto and didn't know anyone there so it was his first time using airbnb uh and uh apparently you have to make a little video of yourself before you rent an airbnb place and like introduce yourself in the video and how cool you are and you rate the apartment but they can also rate you uh as a guest uh and and it, I don't know. It sounded really exciting to me. I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Maybe like, <laughs> but uh, uh, he said that he was so afraid that he was going to get a bad review as a guest because he stayed in this guy's weird place that the guy said was a hostel, and then was like a bunch of hammocks in his big living room, and he oh, slept weird. on a little hammock with another guy like across the room from him. And, nice. and and in the morning, the guy made him, like, this homemade flax cereal but poured orange juice on it instead of milk because he was like, mm-hmm. I don't keep milk in the house because I can't stand it or something like that. Huh. And then um, and then he just – my friend couldn't eat it because he was like, the orange juice is too weird. It was gross. And I apologized <laughs> to him and said, I can't eat this. It's, it tastes weird to me. <laughs> and he's, he's afraid to check his Airbnb profile now because he thinks he got a bad review. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole thing, like – I was suspended by a hammock, like, <laughs> and there was a, a one other man across the room in a hammock, <laughs> floating nearby, going. <laughs> well, that was that was what was weird about it too. Um, was that he's like, well, I had to meet him to get the keys, and he told me to meet him at his uh at his buddy's restaurant. His, his friend owned a restaurant. He was like, oh, I'm at my friend's restaurant down the street, and then I went to get the keys but they were like pressuring me to hang out and i just uh kind of Hmm. felt the need to hang out with them because i had to get these keys and then we just stayed out drinking at this restaurant it was cool that i met these guys but i was like why am i i was like yeah that's not something you pay for like i don't know Mm -hmm. if you have to go and like that that, that's the problem with airbnbs like it's like people want to pay for it because they don't want to deal with it they don't want to deal with the hassle i guess yeah, like i yeah. like 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 
I don't know. And then this, they want to have it both ways. They want to have it like right. I met your friends and I put on your skin. And also they want to have it like just get the keys and drop the money in the box and it's easy and it's a yeah, cheap alternative yeah. to a hotel. Or is it like it's, 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 it's great for people who – we've never done Airbnb. But we have – we stayed in people's apartment and someone's apartment – uh, in Paris via Craigslist, and that was great because we got to stay in an apartment that had a uh, kitchen in it. And if we'd stayed in a hotel, we would not have been able to cook. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like that kind of thing is yeah. is very cool. And you do get the local color. You get you definitely like the uh, um, uh, taste of how people live in that city. But in a in places like Seattle and New York and San Francisco, it's so you I don't think you are getting a taste of how people live there because I think Airbnb has become such a big thing that these Airbnb places are only that like they're not uh, someone's actual house that they live in they're uh, like specified Airbnb places that's people really make weird. a lot of money off of it and yeah. and then B you have to like I don't know, go to this guy's restaurant and hang out and wait to get the keys. And <laughs> right, I, that's very really odd. And my friend who was telling me this is like a very meek, shy person who would not – who is not the type of person to be like, look, can I just get the keys? I want to I want to go – I want to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, uh, so maybe it would have been different if it was somebody other than him. But I got the sense from his story that he was like being held – so, sort of held hostage by these guys, basically. <laughs> so weird. And he was like, being getting all these free drinks and stuff. But he's like, I don't really know these guys. And then the next day, he made me this weird cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Start to finish, the whole thing was kind of a pr- puzzle. Yeah, and then <laughs> I paid puzzling. him $60. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get anything out of that? <laughs> I think I got fucked up. I got fleeced. Yeah. Air fleece and fleece. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pretty funny moment in uh, in uh, Kingsman because it's the whole movie is sort of like referencing the Bond mythos or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody's like, they're like, okay, you're at this party. Remember, you got to blend in. The guy's like, oh, okay, I'll order a drink so it'll seem like I'm comfortable at this party. And he goes up and he like orders a martini, but he does it in this very specific way, and it's not. Shaken, not stirred. It's its own thing, but it's very, you know, Bondian in its specificity. And he says, um, like a gin martini where you do this and you do that and um, stir it while you're looking out of the corner of your eye at a bottle of vermouth. <laughs> that's the degree to which there should be vermouth. <laughs> I was like, awesome. that's pretty great. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. My friend the other day who's a bartender was telling me I was asking what he does when someone asks for a bone dry mar- bone dry martini I was like that's just a glass of chilled vodka right he was like look if you want a glass of chilled vodka you will order that he's like if you're ordering a <laughs> martini you're going to have some vermouth in it just right. like, <laughs> he's like ask for chilled vodka if you want chilled vodka right right yeah <clears throat> that's really funny um, yeah, I, uh, I'm too lazy to make like drinks with, I have, I have a cocktail shaker. I have a, uh, a muddler. I was really excited when I bought my wooden muddler. Man, and I am so ghetto. I use a wooden spoon to muddle <laughs> works. things. I mean, it totally works. I just, I, I need to get a real muddler though. Um, yeah. 
but I'll like cool. put in ice cubes and then put in pieces of mint and then I'll stab it for a real long time. And then my hand hurts <laughs> and I'm just like, eh, I'm going to well, make one you, of these. And you drink, then your hand doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> right. But like when I'm like, that was a really delicious cocktail. I will make another one of those. I'm just like, I'm just going to drink some whiskey. <laughs> like. <laughs> I can just pour ice in a glass and then pour whiskey over the ice and then I'm done with it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to get in that like mood of like where you have like all the different options laid out on the counter and like several friends are like picking and choosing. You know, it's the, yeah. it's the like alcoholic equivalent of like a cheese and fruit plate or something mm-hmm. where you can kind of mix and match. Yeah, exactly. I enjoy yeah. cooking to an extent, but I've never been cooking guy. Like people, people have never. Uh, you know, come to meals at my house and had meals that that I cook and uh and been like super impressed or whatever. Um, because uh, I don't really cook meals by myself. I always I either, I cook meals communally with people. But I mm-hmm. I decided that cocktails was going to be my thing, and um, and I think I, I think I've gotten pretty. I think I've gotten pretty successful. I think I've got, I think nice. I've gotten okay about it where people are like. Like oh, I can go like the, the you know people feel good about getting a cocktail made by me when there's like friends over or whatever. So like, but everyone feels good about getting a cocktail because it like very much alters your perception. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is an intoxicant, so right. of course everybody feels good about it. It would be weird if you didn't have a Pavlovian association with feeling good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's cool though. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna come visit you guys, and you're gonna make me a cocktail, and I'm really excited about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna happen to visit on like the one weekend where I was just like, oh man, I partied too hard last week. That I, fucking I, happened <laughs> when I visited Ben in L.A. <laughs> Like, Ben was like, man, I just feel like I've been drinking too much. I'm pulling back. And I'm like, I'm here for the weekend. Yes, (laughs) come on. And he's like, Max, I have to study really hard for this project I'm trying to get awarded on Monday. I'm like, God damn it. And then I'm like, well, Morgan, we're going to party right. Right? And he's like, no, no, I've been sober for several months. (laughs) It's like, well... I'm going to drink in front of you. I hope that's not an issue. But, like, I was like, I mean, it's unfair. You guys have your lives, and I swoop in and assume it's like, right. let's pretend we're 21, you know? But also, I mean, it's not just let's pretend we're 21. It's like, you don't only want to go have a drink with them. Uh, you want a vacation drink with them. And so it's exactly. a whole other thing. They're I've not on vacation. I've definitely felt that way. Uh, with some people visiting before, like some people who visited and, and they were like, let's drink vacation. And I'm always down for a drink. So I'm like, okay, I'll have two. And then I'm like, I gotta go to bed. And they're like, no, let's smoke, <laughs> that's not let's, what we're doing. Let's smoke all this weed. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. You're I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, when people visit their friends in out of town, they like want it to become the Great Gatsby party. <laughs> yes, they definitely do. And the person being visited is just like, "I'm so tired." Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Well, like, no, so, we're like, gonna smoke out of an apple, dude. God. Oh shit! That really that's so random. I got a. I forgot that smoking out of an apple was a thing until I got this Facebook message. And I'm not going to say who the person's name is. It's someone I don't think you know. Um, and I knew them 
tangentially through a roommate who I have who my friendship and roommate ship with that with this person ended very badly like they owe me like 500 600 dollars and I haven't Mm. seen them for seven years probably Mm. and we'll call her Melissa and (laughs) we'll call him Arnie and they dated and I hung out with Arnie at maybe two parties ever and he seemed fine but so I get a Facebook message from him in the middle of the night on Saturday and he said nice we had not been having a conversation (laughs) (laughs) he said nice Max like A-A-A-A-A-A do you still talk to that Melissa chick? <laughs> I was like, why that? And so I look up and three, no, four years ago, he said, uh, hey, how's it going, Holmes? What have you been up to? <laughs> Wait, and you never responded? No, and no. And then he I said, d- Nice. No, no, like a day later, I said, hey, man, good to hear from you. What's the latest? I've just been working and making stuff and hanging out. <laughs> Last night, I made a pipe from an apple. Good times. <laughs> so this is 2009 that I said that. <laughs> and, then- <laughs> and then he went, nice. <laughs> Six years oh. later. <laughs> And also nothing at all. (laughs) Right, right, right. And and like not being in touch with him or her for so long and like in fact being on pretty bad terms with her and for him to just be like, I kind of want to, I'm drunk, I kind of want to fuck one of my exes is clearly what happened there. Right. And he felt the need to not just say, like, hey, Max, it's been a while. What you been up to? But respond as if that conversation was still happening and then seamlessly transition into, can I get her number if you still have it? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was the best. (laughs) It is definitely the best. (laughs) Did you get back to him? I, I waited, like, two or three days and it was just like... Hey man, no, I haven't heard from her in years. Sorry, <laughs> like I tried to like guilt shame him as much as possible. Did, did he res- you should, no, did you, no response? You definitely follow up now and say, and yes, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
Wow, I forgot. Like in 2009, I knew it was debaucherous and stupid, and been and like smoke making a making a pipe out of an apple was the kind of thing that in 2009 I hadn't done for five or six years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so now, then, yeah. So I'm sure. I'm sure it was nice. I bet it was a fun time in 2009. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how it couldn't be. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah 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 that's the whole problem with like like i feel like there's lots of times when i'll like open a text message conversation like it now it's always the record of every text interaction you've had of course yeah and so like three months later you can look and you feel the need to kind of pick up where you left off because that's the last thing you totally do and i have a problem with ending text message conversations because of that like, like I went to a friend's reading uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, um, I said goodbye to her at the end of the reading, but, uh, but then the next day I needed something. I needed somebody's number or something. Um, maybe an ex's. I know. I, know, I have no idea. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the next day I need. I need some information from her, so I texted her. Um, uh, do you have such and such? I was like, oh, by the way, great reading last night. And she was like, oh, thanks. It really meant a lot that you were there, blah, blah, blah. And then I felt this weird, I don't know. It's just the weird way that text messages scroll on an iPhone. I felt a weird need to continue, like, be like, I enjoyed this about it. Like, I like, I, I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> oh, thank you. And then it's like. No, thank you. I don't, I don't know. It's like, who ends? Because, because there's that record. And I never want to go to a text message conversation. It, 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 it's this guilt thing where I never really want to go open up a text message conversation to text one and see that the last thing said felt not closed for some reason. Yeah. Like uh, I never want I never want to feel like yeah. I didn't respond to something. I right, guess. right. That you like, were rude previously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Uh. So. Yeah. So I always. I did, so yeah. That's 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 his. That's my version of his saying. Nice is me like 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 to, yeah trying to attach something from real life to it, I guess, so that it doesn't seem weird. But, yeah. uh, but, but, but <laughs> unbeknownst <laughs> to him, probably it seemed really weird. <laughs> so super weird. I hope he hears this. Yeah. I hope he's a listener. I mean, he was a, he was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had kind of a similar thing to that where randomly I went, there was something like for some reason there was some reason why I had to go to my own Facebook profile. Like Facebook is really weird. Like I don't use it often enough to have a good sense of how to interact with like its idiosyncrasies. Like mm. some websites or some apps or whatever, you just get a sense of like, oh, it does this weird thing and you just do this and you know your way around it. Facebook, I don't go to it that often. So mm. I I definitely feel like a like a like a dad trying to use it about half the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was some reason why I had to go to my own, like there was some way I couldn't see some interaction and I wanted to follow up on it. And I, so I had to go to my own profile page, but, and I don't remember even if that was successful, but I remember it started me like being like, 
oh, what was that thing I put? Like, that's an interesting image. What was that about? And so I, like, ended up, like, continuously, like, looking at some previous post I'd made and then something else lower catching my eye and looking at what that post was. And, again, don't go to it often enough to post a lot. And, therefore, relatively quickly, I'd gone back, like, four years worth of Facebook posts. Uh (laughs) And, like... Saw all these examples, so many examples of friends, some of whom I'm not, haven't been in touch with since, posting things and me never saying like to those things. And like that feeling really rude now. Like, right. Me being like, oh shit, I have tickets to, oh yeah, dude, I'm so psyched. Like in 2012. And like, Jake Clement, who I haven't spoken to for several years, and his wife, Julia, who I haven't spoken to for several years, both being like, hell yeah, I got ticks too, see you there. And, like, I should have been, like, like to both of their things to be like, yay, this is communal and exciting. But I didn't for, I don't know, I, I almost think that the expectation of whether you like or not changed, like the social... Mm expectation of facebook ease changed no i i i think so too because uh well i was i was bitching i remember i remember at some point when facebook was a relatively new thing uh to me um not to a lot of people like i was i think i was a little bit later adopter than a lot of people i was friends with but uh yeah, I was describing to Rebecca like how there was this article uh from New York magazine or something uh um posted and uh I posted this really thoughtful uh, what I thought was a really thoughtful response to the article was like I agree with the journalist here but I don't agree with them here and blah blah, blah. and um and then the person who posted it just liked it and I was like, I was like, that's all she could do is just like it. And, and Rebecca was like, no, that just means she read it. Like that just means she mm-hmm. read your response and and probably nodded. Like mm-hmm, right. I was like, I was like, yeah, like that. Yeah, that totally is what happened. Like that's fine. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, and uh, but I didn't understand that for a while. That like, yeah, liking a comment. I think now you're supposed to just like all comments on your <laughs> right. stuff but right. um uh, uh unless yes, you want to like exactly engage right. with it um but i have noticed being <clears throat> friends with s- some people on facebook who have many 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 facebook friends and uh and are like cool kids i have noticed that uh that there's definitely a selection in the likes uh and some people get likes and some people don't. So I feel like a like a like a real cool guy when I get likes from uh, <laughs> on my comment, and when some other people, some other normies, didn't get likes. I'm like, mm-hmm. right. yes, <laughs> right, 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 absolutely. And like, <clears throat> I I just feel like it's like a little like, I mean the 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 symbols a thumbs up, and so I always feel like I'm kind of giving somebody a thumbs up as I like walk away or whatever, and. Yeah. It, it feels nice. <laughs> it feels nice to do. And yeah. I imagine it feels nice to, to receive, right? Like, cause like you said, you feel good when you get them. And so, like, to go back in time and to see that I had not done that felt, like, 
I must have tried. I must have thought it was super cool. I must have thought it was dorky to like stuff and mm. too overt and too like parenty, like like high five, bro. Mm. And and so like I was just like, you know that I like it. Like you you know who you are. You know who I am. You wrote this, and it's the kind of thing that I would be happy about. I don't need to say it. Right. And so. But now, looking back at it, I was, like, this close to, like, <laughs> Max Marshall-Zielsdorf liked your comment from 2012. Like, oh, shit! <laughs> like, <laughs> are you okay, Max? Like, <laughs> on Friday night at 10.30, like, <laughs> oh, no, dude! <laughs> Did you need to talk? <laughs> it just... All right, man. Well, um, I, 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 I think we've explained most of the things. Um, so thanks, uh, viewers for listeners for viewing. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for, uh, for, uh, sticking around for our podcast where we, uh, explain most things and, uh, yeah. So tune in, uh, tune in, uh, next, uh, time and we'll have, um, we'll have, uh, more great stuff, but, uh, I think I'm going to close with, um, this excerpt from a Larry Sanders show script. <laughs> but it's it's cut off weird, so I might not be able to read very much of it. <clears throat> Roseanne, ready for lunch? Larry, all set. Larry crosses and hugs her. Roseanne, you look so much better, it's amazing. Larry, well, I have you to thank for that. Sit down, Rosie. Please. She sits. <laughs> Night, everybody. 